Hey there, Michael Lamb here. In this episode, we announced our May event taking place at the Museum of Art. I've added this message to provide the correct date, which is Thursday, May 19th. Again, the correct date for this event announced in this episode is Thursday, May 19th. We apologize for any confusion, and we hope to see you there. Hey there. Before we start this episode of Jackson Film Club, the podcast, we wanted to let you know that if you like what we do and you want to support us, you can make a one-time donation using Venmo at JXN Film Club, or you have the option to make uh, recurring donations by visiting our anchor profile at anchor.fm slash JXN Film Club. Thank you for your support. Start us off with a joke. All right, let me again make sure because I pieced this together with my little brain. <laughs> make sure this is uh... your little brain. <clears throat> <laughs> um, since this is a uh, a music based podcast episode, I figured I'd start us off with a little um, story that kind of ties into music. Um, so there was this two um, D animated character that was really successful and there was this 3D animated character and he was always getting just terrible roles or no roles at all and he asked the 2D animated character how do I be successful and the 2D character just looks at him and said be flat what a great start to this podcast Sam thank you for that um, and was, welcome was to Jackson Film Club the podcast I really landed <laughs> um, I'm just dishing back all uh, the, it was the yeah. stuff you give to Michael every episode. <laughs> it was just such a flat joke. Uh, uh, ooh, that was a sharp comeback. Ooh, so we're here, <laughs> similar to I mean, I guess in, similar to how we always are. We're here. We are. <laughs> so, uh, well, like Sam said, we, this is going to be an episode where we talk about soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, it's gonna be nice. Um, it's gonna be full of music and laughter. My mic's spinning. And, and we're joined is... by Brennan White because he's oh, yes. the resident uh, right. musical artist around here. That's right. This uh, is uh, in this house at least. I'm sitting next to upwards of six guitars. Yeah, and um, count. I count some of them are better than others, which is really yeah, fun. Six. One of them. One of them. All of them. There's like three more downstairs. <laughs> yeah, and I get those too if you want. We just like yeah, play if you could play you. the drums real quick as like an yeah, intro. That's, that'd be here, sick. I can show you that there's definitely a drum set here. Yeah, nobody, oh, that's I a kick it. drum. It's it. a four drum. That's how you know that this this podcast is going to be lit because a guy who plays music is talking about soundtracks. Yeah, it's going to be litty, fam squad. Stick around. <laughs> nobody, nobody would have believed that we were in a studio if you hadn't done any of those things. Okay, those, are all g- garage, those are all garage band on his phone. <laughs> those by are the way. Just like, how did they make them sound like they were right behind the microphone? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, well, before we actually get this episode kicked off, I wanted to let you guys know, you guys being the people who listen to this podcast, um, actually, if you are listening to this uh, on the day that it comes out, then you're getting this announcement before uh, we even post it on Instagram. Uh, we've decided on our May screening event, and that's going to be uh, at the Mississippi Museum of Art, which is pretty exciting. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. So the Museum of Art is doing a like a food truck festival, and uh, they have um, 
partnered with a bunch of different organizations to have events planned throughout the night. That's awesome. So uh, we're collaborating with Capital City Pride uh, to put on the movie The Prom, which is a 2020 film by Ryan Murphy. I think I've heard of that. Uh, it's based on like a Broadway stage play. Oh, cool. Uh, it should be interesting. So, what day of May is that again? You said uh, it's May eighteenth. That's a, a Thir- this Wednesday. podcast will come out on a Tuesday, so it's a week from the next. Uh, yeah, that's a really confusing way to say it. it's May eighteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, so the event starts earlier that day. I don't have all the details for that. I just know that the movie will start at sunset because it's going to be an outdoor event. Oh, cool! That's a Wednesday, eighteenth. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Wednesday the eighteenth. That's cool. So yeah, please come by. Uh, if you're in Jackson, it's a free event. Um, follow us on Instagram, follow Capital City Pride, follow the Mississippi Museum of Art. How do you book this stuff, dude? That's so cool. Uh, you just got to know people. Yeah. Michael knows everyone in Jackson. I mean, I know people, <laughs> but true. like, it doesn't mean I have like red carpets rolled out for me. Oh, this was not a red carpet that was rolled out for me. No. Okay. Maybe you're rolling out the red carpet for yourself and saying, can I roll this out here? And they're kind of like, yeah, we'll let you. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to have like a, an inflated view of myself. But, but that's true. I, 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 I'll do it for you. I think I'm generally a pretty easy guy to work with. So I'd say so. Uh, I'd say so. I mean, minus like no one else here knows that I edit the podcast and I have to go through and fix every little bit of one of your little noises that you make. And, the and my, all plosives. my plosives. Yes, which I've since learned the first few episodes that everybody needs pop filters all the freaking time. Yeah. yeah. Because fixing those in post is the worst. I'm sure that's terrible. Uh, there's not like, there are sometimes there's a quick fix for it. And then a lot of times it's just, there's no quick fix for it. But we're not talking about that today. We're talking about soundtracks, which I am really excited about. My wife was supposed to be here for this too, which is going to be a fun episode. We're moving to Nashville and everything. But um, as you know, and you know. Um, oh but, yeah, this is actually kind of sad because this is our final podcast session at the Fairview Sound. Yes, it is. Yeah. This is our final episode here. Um it's not the end of our friendship. I hope I still see you both in my life, but I say hope. Really, it's it's on us. Our, 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 <laughs> our paths will cross again. I'm committed to being y'all's friend, so um, that's not going to stop. Um, even if you wanted me to, Sam. Me and Michael are actually about to start a band. So when we need mm-hmm. to, someone to record for us and play yeah. with us, then um, we can do that. I, I'm probably going to be sick that day. Oh, but. My, nuts! <laughs> I have somebody in town every time you need help with that. <laughs> Oh, dude, yeah, my my dog. You don't have a dog. Oh, he's she, gonna uh, die. I got. <laughs> <laughs> um, my cat died like three years so, ago. <laughs> I was just thinking about it. Um, <laughs> oh my God. that was a reference to one of my short films. So I didn't it reference deep, it right. Deep, though. Deep cut. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Which one was that of yours? Um, uh, the big score with Mark in it. The one with Mark. Oh, that was we one watched, of, we yeah, watched showed, it together. That's that right. To yeah, I really liked it. Oh, thank you. I mean, it was okay, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so that's a, a, a short film about a score. We're here to talk Whoa, about soundtracks. Oh, nice segue. Yes. <laughs> I get to plug my short film and we get the transition that's into the amazing. topic. That's amazing. Wow. Okay, so. Everyone go check out The Big Score by <laughs> Sam Grafe on wherever you on find your it. videos. <laughs> Escape the Wolf Productions on YouTube. Anyway, so we're here to talk about soundtracks. The first thing that I want to ask you guys. Yes. What is a soundtrack? So, I want the more methodical person to go first so I can leech off whatever he's going to yeah, say. Yeah, so Brennan, go <laughs> ahead and say what oh, you're going to say. Um, <laughs> I meant Sam. Um, okay, I'm being thrust into this. Let me think about it. Um, I I actually didn't make this distinction until tonight when Sam talked about it. That's why I'm talking about it like this. But a soundtrack is we're pulling original music from 
certain artists and kind of compiling a best of playlist that fit the theme or the mood of this particular movie or film. Hmm. Movie or film that's redundant. I'm just doing it to sound, you know, smarter than I right. am. Um, naturally. Movies, films, cinemas, movie uh, pictures, all of it. Sometimes I use big words. Talkies. To make myself sound more photosynthesis. Mm. Oh, nice. I don't even know what that's that a, is, but that's, that's so a bad smart. joke. Um, to, Mitochondria to, is the powerhouse <laughs> of the cell. To eight-year-olds, that joke kills. <laughs> um, if you guys were eight, you'd be stoked right now. I'd be laughing Also, Spongebob fans. That's a deep cut Spongebob reference. Is that really? Yeah. Remember the, the scene where he's like, photosynthesis. Oh, photosynthesis. photosynthesis. That is funny. That's right. I just smack um, the microphone. And then, that's fine. I'll fix it later. <laughs> I'll fix it in post. <laughs> um, but then, whereas a score is a, which I actually just got to do my first score recently. Did you really? Yeah. Did I tell you about this? No. I got to score a civil rights documentary from beginning to end. Mm. Sweet. And it premiered at the Civil Rights Museum with these famous lawyers and like their children from like the civil rights era and like people that actually like helped desegregate schools and everything were there and were in the documentary. It was crazy. Wow, that's, that's incredible. Um, it was a lot of work. Uh, it was like my first time doing it and also the production team's first time doing it too. So we like, we did not go about it the right way, unfortunately, but we still got it done and it came out really good. That's awesome. Um, I'm, I need to send it to you. Yeah. I think it's going to be on YouTube soon. But where like that, for example, a score is this is an original piece of music that someone composed specifically for this film. And usually the way I understand it's done is that the film is finished and then the person comes in. Maybe they give like the people that are compiling the film, like here's some snippets of what I'm thinking. Mm. And they can kind of place them wherever they want to and have placeholders, you know. And they come back in and they score the entire film from top to bottom, which is what I did for my documentary that I did. Um, that's my understanding. Sam's turn. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say that's that's true. There's, I mean, there's rare occasions where the composer will be brought in before anything's shot, and depending on the relationship between the director and the composer, they'll be like, "Hey, why don't you go ahead and write a few themes, or um, just based off the script?" And sometimes that'll happen, but yeah, usually it's composer comes in at the very end after there's pretty much a locked edit of the film, how it's going to be. Mm. And, and then, music is composed for it. And if the next documentary I, I get a score for, and be like, hey, yo, I was thinking like right here, we got some sick beats, and then you hear in the background. <laughs> and then the next part happens, and then they all die at the end, you know. Which is know. interesting because that sound was actually in the original score for um, Return of the King. When uh, the really? Rohirrim, yeah, when the Rohirrim come over the hill, it was, bum, 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 and then. <laughs> Uh, at the premiere, Peter Jackson was like, I just don't know. It doesn't sit right with the audience, so they changed it last second. But it's That's a cool really little anecdote. The, the rap air horn, really, this sound? Yeah, it, well, it was... That's so funny, dude. That's a lie. I, I made all that up. What? Yeah, it was a joke. Anyway. That wasn't a joke. That was a lie. <laughs> yeah, that was a lie. <laughs> Anyways. I hate this podcast. So Stuart... <laughs> Scores are so glad it's almost over. Scores are composed <laughs> are composed for a film specifically, usually just purely instrumental music, no lyrics, and then soundtrack. A lot of the times is it's already existing music that's pulled, um, and a lot of times is lyric. Sorry, it was also. a hard focusing on what you just said because I was just so focused on how gullible I was in that moment. Oh, he was just <laughs> redefining uh, the difference between soundtracks and scores. Oh, that's good. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So I think we're at a good spot now to talk about what our favorite soundtrack movies could yes. be. Yes. So Brennan, you and I have 
put uh, together a, a little bit of a list. Yeah. So we can just maybe pick a movie from that. Sure. So one that I wanted to talk about for sure. I will say as I'm looking at this list real quick, I'm realizing that a couple of, really actually just one of these inceptions on here, okay, that's, that's a score, not a soundtrack. I wondered that's, what that's that my was. Mistake. Yeah. Remember how I said earlier how I just understood tonight what the difference was? Yeah. Uh, well, I, <laughs> I will say I looked at it on the list. I was like, that's weird that that's on there. And then I remembered there's that song that plays. Yeah, the French song. Yeah, which I think oh, every time I hear right. that now, I think about Inception. So. I forgot well, about that part. So, I mean, that, that is interesting because it's sort of a blend between the two, between yeah. soundtrack and score, because Hans Zimmer samples that song. And uh, so the further you get into like the dream layers, mm -hmm. the more slowed down that song slow down, is distorted. in the track. I think about that. You're totally right. Yeah. That's, that's pretty a, awesome. That's crazy, dude. Speaking of- What a genius. I know you're about to jump into a movie, but in integrating score and soundtrack, I th my mind just went to um, the movie Us, um, I remember in the trailer, there was a mix. I think Michael Abels was the composer for that. Um, but I got five on, I mm -hmm. got five on it is the name yeah. of the song, uh, was like a big part of the marketing, like the trailer and that song, the composer went in and like basically mixed score with that song. Um, just cause Man. I think Jordan Peele thought the melody was like really haunting of it or something. That's cool. And so like the melody of that, that song, trailer. it's an incredible trailer. Um, the score for us is incredible, but that song in particular, now I just think about us, mm. which for me, you guys are going to talk more about like soundtracks, entire soundtracks for movies. I've, I'm not, um, I'm definitely not as well versed in music as you guys. Um, I typically will like find an artist or find an album that I like, and I'll listen to that for a year. And like, I'm not very, I'm not like going out and listening to new, just for background, that. I buy I my that. music on iTunes still. I do not have Spotify. I did that until a that's friend retro. of mine. That's, that's awesome. I, Cause hipster. I still do that a lot of the time too. Um, cause I, I just don't like the, I had Spotify free for a long time. And then a friend of mine had another, uh, account he, he could let me have access to so I finally have it but I did that until like literally like like nine months ago I just oh, bought stuff on that's iTunes good to hear. that makes no, me feel yeah. stupid but it's also that's the best way to support the, right, the artist is. too versus like point zero 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 one cent yeah uh, per stream like that's insane by the way but that's a whole other topic altogether yeah but the way I view soundtracks and movies I'll a, a particular song will stick out to me more than mm -hmm. like all of the songs in the sure. movie being like oh that soundtrack was great I think about like we talked about a second ago, but like a song that starts at the end of a movie and then leads into the end credits that will stick out in my mind a lot more than an entire soundtrack to it. Cause that, that will define that song for me. And anytime I hear it, I think about the movie. I was thinking about that recently actually, because I, um, getting into like the soundtrack stuff, the new movie, everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm -hmm. I meant to put on my top 20. I just realized I forgot to mention it, but I've only seen it one time. So I can't really put it on there yet. Um, but that movie, the very end, when there's that song playing during the credits, have you seen it yet, Sam? I have. I'm trying. I don't remember this the song. This is a life. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it was so Mits, good. It's Mitski and it's so good. Uh, David Byrne, Byrne, something like that. David is his last Byrne. name. David Byrne. That song, dude. First of all, that movie was incredible. Yeah. I left the theater. My my wife had just moved up to Nashville that day, so I was feeling super upset and just like like this sucks. I hate all of this. That my wife is gonna be gone for like a month without me. Um, and then 
I was in the worst mood. I went and saw that movie, and my entire outlook on life changed. I've been, I've literally, yeah, since I saw funny. that film, I've been writing an emotional high since, and that song was on repeat for about an hour after I left the movie. I remember, I haven't thought about the song since walking out of the theater, but as I was walking out of the theater, I remember being like, man, this song kicks. Like, I it's like crazy this song. So Brennan, you said that because I just talked with my mom yesterday for Mother's Day, and right. she brought up that movie, and she was like, yeah. It, I, I, she's like, I have dreams about that movie. Wow. Um, How it, could you not? It's so insane. And, it's and crazy. According to Dr. Strange, her dreams are just windows into other universes. So. Oh, you big yikes. Wow. So she, but Who she is said, this guy? She said the same thing. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, I mean, I, I was feeling a certain way before that movie, but then watching that movie, like, Dude, it just makes you... Perspective. You know, yeah, makes you think about it. Beautiful film. Um but so getting into the soundtracks thing. Okay, so I want to talk about okay, yeah, uh, the movie that you and I both put on this list, which is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh, come on, dude, it's so good, and I'm not even in that like that into punk music, you know. But like their version of um, they uh, the they Black Sheep by Metric. Yes, that's what it was. With Send you my love on a wire, yeah, yeah. dude. That version is it Brie Larson really singing? It that? is Brie Larson actually singing that. Dude, she's Isn't that so, good? so good. I forget, I always forget that she's in this film, but that version, like I love the original version, but for some reason, her because the, the lead singer Metric's voice is, is a little bit more gruff and like mm -hmm. like earthy sounding. Um, and Brie Larson's voice is just like it's got silky, little, yeah, it's like this angelic quality, yes. And it's very, it's a little more pop oriented, is what it sounds like, maybe a little bit marvelous. I get just, it. Don't, don't, Let's just, just pause. Just, for, I like how you shamed me for making a really good <laughs> comparison between Doctor Strange and what your mom was saying, and you just said marvelous, buddy. <laughs> get, buddy, get cranked. <laughs> That's so funny. Let's stay on topic. Gosh, I don't want to get in a but fist Scott fight with Pilgrim, yes. again. I want to know again. Can you, can you think of a favorite song off the top of your head that you, or the favorite like moment that me that can pull well, the song from? Uh, I mean. Okay, there's so many moments. There's there's a lot of original music in this one too, which yes. is uh, so. I, I think this is an interesting pick in general. Um, but I, I love the title credits and how yeah the their their opening song just goes straight into that. Like that's nuts. Uh, I love whenever they get to the battle of the bands and the first band goes up there crashing the boys. And I love that's, so it's the, the back and forth. So sad. <laughs> it's like it's not a race, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that movie, it's it's so comedic too. I uh, love how I love the the uh, dumpster truck song. The so that's the one that they actually win. Yes, that you're first right. That's right. Yeah, the battle. Take of the band. for a ride in my garbage <laughs> truck, 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 truck. That's right. <laughs> it's I love how just like kitschy it is the entire time. It's yeah. like we're not taking this too seriously. But the song, like the melody. Here's the thing too. If you want to understand good soundtracks you first have to understand what a genuinely good song is i feel like mm -hmm. too um and then one step further is what song fits this scene specifically yeah you know like that song is not fundamentally a good song in the sense that you would listen to it and be like yeah man i should call my mom you know what i mean <laughs> but it is the kind of song that you listen to and you go this is so catchy the melody is so good it makes me feel good when listening to it. So therefore it must be a good song. Yeah. You know, it just depends on what kind of category you're defining it under, I suppose. Uh, so another interesting fact uh, about, give it to me, Scott Pilgrim is that the, the, so the, the title, go for it. 
uh, yep. title character, Scott Pilgrim. Yes. This, <laughs> that name actually comes from a band called Plum Tree. They have a song called Scott yes. Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah. I really? know Plum Tree. Yeah. Oh, uh, and so that's where the the guy who made the, the graphic novels, Brian Lee O'Malley, um, O'Malley, he, he, he came up with a character that's just cool. around that song. I didn't know that. Yeah. You, you taught me something today. I appreciate that, buddy. They put that, uh, so I have the, uh, I'm an, a little bit of a vinyl nerd and I've got the the sound soundtrack for Scott Pilgrim on vinyl and that song is on there. That's awesome. So by the way, that little thing you just did, I have to fix that later, by the yeah, way. Yeah, thanks a lot. I heard it too. <laughs> I, I, I'm not doing it on purpose. I know you didn't. I wouldn't have brought it up if think, it wasn't hilarious, maybe, too. Maybe I'm probably going to leave it. Try. I, I think is I brought it up now, so I have to leave that one in. That's yeah. Otherwise, people won't know what you're talking about. about. They'd be like, what, what part? It was a sound deep in Michael's throat. That Yeah. Do you like Scott Pilgrim? Do you like that movie? I love that movie, yeah. Do you I like only the, saw it once, so I literally couldn't tell you a single oh, song. Oh, sure, sure. It, well, you got you to gotta watch it a lot more times than that. I need to watch it a lot more than once. It's so I own it. It's but so good, man. It, it really I've is. I've bought it like four or five times. I've watched it at least 15. <laughs> at least twice. That's funny. Um, so the next one, the next, we'll just go on to the, like, like the Michael Sarah mm. uh, playlist. Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Arguably one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. Because it's just full of like these underdog pop indie hits that, at least at that point in time when I heard these songs, I had never heard any of these artists before. But have you have you guys heard this playlist at all? No. This, uh, um, I think I watched this in high school. It's one of those. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's old. It's been a while. I mean, it's it's two thousand eight. Yeah, like um, I was out of high school at that point, but close enough. I was in Bible college, which is still forever ago. Right. There was a song off it called uh, "Last Words." These are, it's key of E. I know that. I don't know why I know that. That's the kind of <laughs> random stuff I obsess over. Um, uh, yeah, these are the last words I'll say to you is like the chorus line. But like there's so many songs. Like that song, I, I'm going to show it to you after this because you're going to be like, oh, I could like drive down the interstate going like 75, listen to this song with all the windows down. And it's a dark city. I love how songs in this movie specifically, they chose them because it set the tone for the film, obviously. But also even without watching the film, you can listen to the song and feel that exact same way though. Yeah. Now that may be a predisposition because I watched the film right. having listened to the songs as they were happening. Mm. But regardless, the, the emotion is there and it's it's forever ingrained in when I listen to this this soundtrack, I f literally feel like I'm in, in New York City late at night, staying up all night, going for a drive or going for, trying to find this secret band and this, you know, the premise and everything. But more specifically, like I think about a very specific time in my life when I would go for late night drives all the time and just listen to albums, you know? Well, I need to get back into that. Oh man, I miss doing that. <laughs> just put on a record and just, it's like a listening party for yourself, you know? Gas is too expensive right now. You can't do that. <laughs> Dude, gas is way too expensive. Well, I have, I have a- Just Honda. go for a walk. I got to fit them in a Honda okay, Fit. I good. get like 30 miles to the gallon. <laughs> um, uh, do you have more to say about Nick and Nora? Um. Unless y'all have stuff to comment on, no, because I don't want to just be the only one talking about it. I think it's an amazing soundtrack if you haven't thoroughly listened to it before. Even if the movie is like kind of like eh, at, at points, um, I don't personally feel that way about it, but I know that some people do. Hmm. Um, surely there's 7.6 billion people on this earth. Someone feels that way about it. <laughs> I think there probably are, and don't call me Shirley. Okay. okay. <laughs> 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 um, it's an airplane joke. Uh, so what, what, what's the one you want to talk about next? Do you have a favorite one you want to talk about soundtrack wise? 
Um, oh, I was uh, thinking more, well, as far as like favorite soundtrack, especially in more recent movies. Sure. Um, I found myself after I watched the movie uh, Booksmart. I have not seen that. Um, so it's a directed by Olivia Wilde. Oh, cool. And the soundtrack for that movie is just bumping. And I, I listened, I, I've only seen that movie twice. Yeah, twice. And uh, I've listened to that playlist a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's got all sorts of stuff to, to get you in a good mood. That's uh, cool. That so, girl's so talented, man. She um, really is. She's got a new movie coming out soon. She's like yeah, with really Florence good. Pugh. Yeah, it looks really good. And uh, Harry Chris Styles. Pine and Harry Styles. You could almost say that it's crazy how talented she is. <laughs> Instead of wild. You should have said wild. But that's too that's too on the nose. I didn't want to do it. Well, crazy is so obscure that no one could ever Her last name is Wild Dog. <laughs> I wish her last name was Wild Dog. That'd be cool. Wild I'm, just try- dog. I'm just trying to make myself laugh, man. That's all. <laughs> that's wild all dog's probably her call, her call sign if she was in the Air Force. Wild Dog. Wild dog? Yeah. <laughs> I could see her being a pilot. <laughs> An X Wing pilot. She'd be a very attractive pilot. An X-Wing pilot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, uh, Yeah, so Booksmart is a good soundtrack. I'll have to to watch that, man. That sounds good. Um, Do you have any you want to comment on so far, Sam? Not really. Again, I I don't think... uh, There's not a movie that sticks out to me where I think of multiple songs in it as like, man, that whole soundtrack was really good. Uh, I I do think about like... I know Tarantino, I don't think he used score in his movies at all until Hateful Eight. I think it was the first movie of really? his. Yeah, all of his movies were That's soundtrack until Hateful Eight, which I think is really interesting. That is. But it makes sense if you think about who Tarantino is. He's so influenced by pop culture. Yeah. Um, all of his, like, I, I, I would be surprised if there's a movie on earth that he has not seen. Mm. Um, mm. And apparently he has a massive vinyl collection. So when he's writing a movie, he'll just go and that's cool. Look man. through his vinyls. And yeah. So, um, it is interesting whether it be a particular movie or a particular filmmaker who chooses already made songs that have no relation to what they're writing to drive their story. Um, instead of just having something composed from scratch that could be custom made to mm-hmm. it. We were talking about earlier. I think it's interesting how, um, filmmakers will juxtapose um, a scene and a song in ways that you might not expect. So sure. Um, most recent example I can think of is Ave Maria and the Batman yeah. where you're witnessing a like brutal murder and Ave Maria is playing in the background. Um, there's some movie where there's a shootout and somewhere well, over like the rainbow is um, playing. Reservoir Dogs when the, when the, the ear cut off scene. Yeah. I, f- I forget what song is playing in the background, but it's not like some menacing song. It's right. like some, like, um, I forget what kind of song it is, but it's not some menacing song from what I can remember. But recall. I'm just, it's, I wonder what it is, like the psychology of us that like, why does that work? It almost, it probably just lightens it just enough to make hard to watch scenes tolerable. You yeah. know what I mean? Or is it like, mm. like if, if, you, if you were to put a heavy song over that, does it lose a bunch of the weight because it's not, because at that point it's telling you, hey, this is heavy. Yeah. Whereas if you play something comparatively light next to it, it's like, 
Yeah. Oh, like this is I think wrong so. feeling. And also it it also has the power to make a scene comedic that would normally be like gruesome. Yeah. Uh like imagine for a second like the like in Joker or something when oh it's a great film. I should have talked about that film in the top 20. Um it's not top 20, but it's it's a really good movie. But like imagine like if in scenes of the Joker there was like baby shark playing in the background. Yeah. Like it would be it would all of a sudden just totally twist the mood and you're like, "Oh, this is hilarious." And this is, it's obviously a fictional story. So therefore it's okay to laugh at it. Yeah. Whereas if it was maybe like a documentary, you'd be like, this is messed up right now. Yeah. <laughs> Playing baby shark or whatever song, you know, I did just think of an entire movie that I can think of that had a great soundtrack. Let's hear it. Man. Um, it makes me feel stupid because it's not a cool indie movie. It's a normie movie, but guardians of the galaxy. Oh, I mean, that dude. soundtrack. That's a great so one. So intertwined with that movie. There is nothing wrong with that. That's a that's a f- I listen to that soundtrack after that movie. I love that movie. Yeah. I love the soundtrack. It is stupid good. And I love that with the second one they have like the second cassette and that's the soundtrack, you know. Yeah. Isn't that correct, right? Yeah. Yeah, he got a his I think he had a present from his mom that that's he never right. opened and the end of the first movie opened it and it was another cassette. Dude, what a full circle moment. And I love that that's like so tied into the film. I mean, I listened to that soundtrack on repeat for forever because even though it's like 80s hits and everything, it's got such a range of emotions. It's not all like, like it's got Cherry Bomb by, uh, I forget the band's name. Um, Cherry Bomb. I didn't know that song was in there. Oh, oh the no, first no. One. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And then they also have, I'm not in love. Yeah. So don't forget it. Or whatever the lyric is. Uh, like toot, like punk or like 80s, whatever, punk, and then like ballads, mm-hmm. you know. the It's such a, a wide range of emotions there. That's a, I'm glad you brought that one up. That's a really but the, good soundtrack. That is a good, the soundtrack is serving the story and that like it's it's an integral part of the plot is this mixtape. Like, yeah. I feel like you don't see that very much. You don't, man. I also kind of um, relate soundtracks to what I used to do as a kid where I would burn CDs. Um, I'm not super old. I just happened to not have enough money to ever buy like a good iPod. So I just always made CDs. So I would like burn these CDs that at that time in my life felt like all the emotions I had as a kid encapsulated and that I could drive around in my Jeep Cherokee or my whatever car I was driving at the time and just listen to a, a CD nonstop and like that was the soundtrack for my life, mm. you know. Yeah. So much so, in fact, that I literally wrote us. I just wrote, I forgot about this. I have a song on my next album called "Soundtrack of the Night," that talks about like, um, essentially that like driving around late night drives with someone that you think you might want to date, and you're actually just friends, but you're both been friends for so long. But the mm. move, the the mood of the night is like we should explore this emotion, yeah. and the this the music sets the tone for what that is. You know, um, that's not a personal plug. I'm just talking about I'm it. I'm happy that um, you did that. I'm Codetta South at yeah. Codetta South, C-O-D-E-T-T-A <laughs> South on Instagram if you want to check it out. It's not out yet, but you'll get it eventually. <laughs> uh, we were going to save all the shout outs for the end of the podcast. Yeah, so stop oh, what? what you're doing. <laughs> save it for the end of the podcast. We didn't talk about that. <laughs> no, we didn't. Um, um, yeah, so those that's a good one, dude. I'm glad you brought you. that one up. Well, so we did... Uh, have a little bit of a structure to this going in, but we've sort of dived into the the, the third uh, Divin. third we've question Divin. we did, didn't we? Which was uh, it do happen? Know, wh- why use soundtracks over score, or how how do directors use soundtracks? 
Um, I did jump the gun, sorry. No, that's okay. Dude, it happened naturally. I love yeah, podcasts yeah. that just kind of jump around like this. But uh, Just dudes being dudes, man. I, I just <laughs> wanted to see, Brennan, do you have like maybe one more movie for us? Uh, Absolutely. I have a whole list here, but let me pick my favorite one. Um, I think another one that comes off the top of my head that I, I really, really enjoyed. Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to say one and then I'll talk about the other one. Elizabeth Town. The soundtrack is incredible. Just like a phenomenal playlist of songs that mm. encapsulates this person's traumatic life and helps them work through it. And you get to have this setting for the entire thing. I think it's beautiful. This and if you want to hear more about Brennan's thoughts on that, tune in next week for his point. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but Napoleon Dynamite, oddly enough. Mm. I know that like there probably is some like original like scoring in there as well. There is. But it's pretty minimal to my understanding because there are in a lot of moments like some classic 80s hits just strewn about. I love how awkward that movie is. Uh, fun fact about me, by the way. When that movie came out, I mean, I think it was 2006, 2004. right? 2004. 2004. So I was in fourth grade. I was a sophomore in high school. I was And you're a, much older than me. It's just so funny. You, you were a fetus. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 2004, I was in fourth grade. I did not think that movie was funny until at least like a year and a half, two years later. Really? I would have thought like yes. a fourth, like as a kid, I was like, this is hysterical. No, I didn't get it. I was, uh, like even like when the office came out, like I didn't watch the office and like all that humor went straight oh, in yeah. my head anyway. Yeah. high school, the thing. I literally funny. watched Napoleon down on my, I, I had a habit as a kid of watching movies before I went to bed every night, just like one movie for a week kind of thing. Hmm. And I watched Napoleon Dynamite like 14 times. Did you said that was a bad habit? No, I said I had a habit. Uh, okay. I was Michael Phil's no, no, judge no. right now. I do that now. No, I had a habit as a kid of doing that. And I watched Napoleon Dynamite like literally 14 times, I think. And on the 14th time, the scene where <laughs> he is on the bicycle and he goes off the ramp and he's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, he hits his balls. <laughs> and I went, oh, this is a funny movie because it's awkward and uncomfortable on purpose. Mm -hmm. And it literally clicked with me like that. Uh, but the the soundtrack, though, like as if the movie wasn't already uncomfortable, the soundtrack that they picked for it just even emphasized how awkward it is being in high school. Hmm. And, yeah. and also it was like this town, it's like 2004, but the yeah. town is just stuck like 20 yes. years in the past. Yeah. It's so interesting. I, I think about um, Nacho Libre and the Maya, Maya, na, 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 Aya, Maya. <laughs> That'll yeah. get stuck in your head. Every Both of those movies are, are kind of similar. Uh, for, they they come director, from the same studios, right? Jared has I don't know. Same, the same director. Really? Uh, the same mm -hmm. director? Yeah. That's hilarious. That makes a lot of sense. And my experience with Napoleon Dynamite was I experienced it culturally mm -hmm. for years. So it came out, I said I was a sophomore in high school. Yeah, that's right. 2004. Um, yeah, I graduated 2007. So the I did not watch it until Thanksgiving 2007. Oh, okay. Um, and I watched it with, or maybe it was 2008. I watched it uh, with this guy, Joel Libermento, who I met at Bible College. And uh, I was visiting him and his family for Thanksgiving in Atlanta. And uh, we were all watching it and like everybody else passed out, including Joel. That's funny. And... I guess so, how, how could they not the first time seeing that movie? 
Well, it was not their first time seeing it. It was oh, only, it was my okay. first time seeing That's it. That's funny. But I just sat there and it's very much not your kind of movie. You don't like it, do you? No, I ended up loving it. Uh, really? Yeah. I wouldn't think you'd this like was, it. This was this was pre elitist Michael Lowe. Oh. Well, <laughs> You've never seen the A twenty four. I'm just before. joking. You're not elitist. <laughs> I promise. Oh no. Did I rip on you too hard? I'm oh, really no. sorry. No, I just don't know what to do. Irreparable damage has been done. You don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to do next. I was about to say something about, oh, Napoleon Dynamite is one of those movies that like, it lives in this golden sphere in your head where you're like, it's hilarious. Yeah. And I watched it with some friends a few years ago. For the first 30 minutes, it was absolutely living up to everything I remembered it being. And then it does get to a point where you're like, huh? Like an hour in, you're like, all right. I get it. It's it's just a bunch of vignettes. Like it's yeah. not it's yeah. not a movie, <laughs> but the vignettes are hilarious. Like the the whole random thing where they work on an egg farm, <laughs> and then the they have like a platter of food it, that's all egg based. And they walk I and take a swig. Love it. It's so funny. And the, over there in that big pan, I found a couple of shirts. <laughs> Me and my cousin used to watch that moment on repeat on YouTube and try and figure out what he said, and we would be in tears. I don't understand a word you're saying, son. The chickens have large talents. Yeah. <laughs> shocks, pegs, lucky. Lucky. Forever young, Alphaville. Forever young. Oh, yeah. I want to be forever young. That's, it's like, you can imagine when that song came out in the 80s. I imagine. It was like, this is a bop, man. This is my ish. I love this song. And then in the context of Napoleon Dynamite, it's like, high school is so weird. This is awkward. Can I touch your sleeves? They're real big. Like, <laughs> it just, I swear, the songs that they picked for this film, dude, Your mom I just, college. <laughs> they're, they're so funny, man. And what's funny, I don't, what's so interesting about a movie like this that, Yes, the soundtrack is is setting the tone for how awkward it is. It would still be awkward if there was no, probably even be more awkward if there oh, wasn't yeah. any music at all, obviously. But the the music just like really emphasized it. But what's so funny too about a movie like this that's so cultural or influenced like pop culture in such a big way is how there are jokes in this movie that I can't tell if they came before or after this mm, movie. Yeah. Like your mom jokes. I think um, the first time I ever heard a your mom joke was literally in Napoleon Dynamite. Really? Yes. I have no context for how old that style of joke is. You mm. know? Do you? Do you know how? If that I was definitely like, have heard like your mama jokes before right. Napoleon Dynamite. But your um, mom is a more But refined. your mom goes to college was definitely oh, a yeah. moment. Like everybody was saying that to each other in high school. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so interesting, man. Um, I did just remember you mentioned how like 80s it is I just from I watched rewatch Karate Kid recently and man oh, like sure. every 5 or 10 minutes there's a needle drop of some <laughs> ultra 80s so I couldn't tell you any of them but like oh but you're the best at the end the you're the best you're the best it's so good I yeah. Like that song puts me in an instantly incredible <laughs> mood because it's like, yeah. it's the, just a classic inspirational song, but like, I am the best. Pairing it with Daniel just absolutely obliterating Johnny with a Dude, karate kick to the nose. I love it. It's like it's that so song satisfying. makes me so happy. And that, that movie is just full of 80s yeah. cheese songs. Um, do you have any more on your list that you want to read off real quick? Just kind of uh, real, real spat them off real quick. So feel like you, I feel like you want to talk about Inside Lou and Davis for at least a second. Well, 
I just want to give a big shout out to Oscar Isaac who performed. Yeah, being a great singer. Yeah, he, he's a extremely talented actor already. And so when I watched that movie, I was blown away by his ability to just really be like a country singer. Yeah. Um, what what movie was it you said? Inside Lewin Davis. It's a Coen Brothers film. I have not seen that. Really? It's a good one. I feel like you'd like it. Really? It was uh it was on Micah's top twenty, and so that was that was the impetus for me watching it. Gotcha. You hadn't seen it? Oh, that's right. You hadn't seen it yet. Right. Um Baby Driver. Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, Very like talk about editing to music. The yeah, you can't take the music out. So there were a couple of these that weren't quite um on theme, but there, those are my picks. Sure. So the there's one I don't normally like Taylor Swift, uh, but Lupita Nyong'o in this movie Little Monsters. Uh, this what? is one that I've talked about before. It's a zom rom com. Oh wow, a zom uh, zom rom com, zombie romantic comedy. Oh, what's that? What's what'd you say it's called? Little Monsters. There's another film that was zombie-related romantic. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? Uh, no. Warm Bodies? Warm Bodies, that's what it is. That's what I'm thinking of. All right, keep going. Sorry. Uh, well, so Lupita Nyong'o is, plays this like kindergarten, first grade, or second grade teacher. Like The kids are young. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wears an adorable yellow dress throughout the entire movie and carries around a ukulele and oh. plays Taylor Swift covers. That's nice. And that's, she's literally the best part of the movie. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Without her and without those songs, I would not have enjoyed that movie as much. See, I could have swore Mr. Lamb over here was a Swifty. Negative. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. Um, I'm told, I'm being facetious. This is so. Is that what facetious means? I guess I don't know. Would you consider Kinda. a musical to be a soundtrack or a score? Well, it's. I mean, it's it's I a soundtrack know. because I, guess, I think anything that has lyrics is a soundtrack. Because that's, that's what gets you, it. you get nominated for best song. Mm. So like, and if if you get like West Side Story on iTunes or Spotify, it's West Side Story original cast album, like soundtrack. Like yeah, it's gotcha. Score. I get that. So I'd say I'm not the biggest guy to, uh, like if you're trying to, to find people to watch musicals, like I'm not going to be interested more likely than not. But there, there's still some of them which just like, for some reason, they just really connected with me. Mm-hmm. And one of those for me is Newsies. Um, especially the, it was what year was that? 92, uh, starring Christian Bale. So if you've ever wanted to see Christian Bale in a musical, you can go watch the Newsies from 1992. I might check that out, dude. It's amazing. Um, and I like Christian the, Bale. The last one that I wanted to mention was um, this Don Bluth film called Rock-A-Doodle. It's a <laughs> little 80-minute film. Uh, I say film. It's a cartoon. And it's just got like... Uh, uh, have you heard of this at all? I have not, no. So it starts off live action and it's similar to um, not the Princess Diaries. Um, Liz McGuire. No. <laughs> uh, Princess Bride. A Princess Bride where you've got, uh, uh, so Rocket Doodle starts off with this mom and son in bed and they're reading a story. And uh, there's like a storm going on outside they live on a farm, and um, uh, as you know, the family goes out to deal with the storm, they tell the kid he has to stay in bed because he's too young, can't go out there and can't help. And uh, the storm like comes into the house, uh, 
a tree branch hits the the kid's window and he gets sucked into like the storybook really where um he now has to go and, and find this rooster named Chanticleer, who is basically like Elvis. You lost me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a ridiculous movie. Um, are I, they are they all on acid too? It's a Don Bluth film. I don't know oh if well, then in that you. case, I don't know any more than I did before. You told exactly. me that. Well, I wish that I had friends who I knew who Don Bluth was. Who is that were a character more from my age Arrested Development? And were also interested in film. Michael, and you're like six years older than me. Exactly. Apparently, that's enough difference that you like, you've never Michael, even heard. You know what? I, actually, I can I agree with that because yeah. the, you can imagine that the change in society from like 2000 to 2010 so like, is insane. I got, how much things have changed. I got into Rockadoodle because my parents would go. Uh, they were part of a bowling league, and uh, they did that for like two or three years. That's pretty cool. But one of those years, um, they had me like stay in a daycare that was also like right outside the bowling alley or something. The bowling alley had a daycare because that was a yeah. demographic. <laughs> <laughs> and so the they had a VHS of uh, they had a number of VHSs, but the only good one was Rockadoodle. And so every time that I that I went for a couple months, I watched that and just really I, I came to know like every song. I don't know any of them anymore. Great. How old were you when you saw this? Uh, I was maybe seven or eight. So how, what what other VHSs were there that seven or eight year old Michael Lamb did not approve of? Uh, okay, well, I mean, it was, it was a daycare. I was seven or eight. I was like the oldest kid there. That is so pretty old. I actually, have, I'm not a I parent. I think a so lot of no them idea. were like kid stuff like Barney and stuff. Man, that's the ish right there, dog. Yeah. Barney's classic. I love you. It's you know what? I take it back. Moment. Let's not do that. <laughs> um, do you guys have any more on that list you want to talk about? I was going to just spout off mine real quick, yeah. if that's all right. Uh, I mentioned this in the top 20, so I'm going to delve into it, but Submarine, mm-hmm. Alex Turner from the Arctic Monkeys. Uh, it's like a 23, 25-ish minute long soundtrack that's all original music, and I used to go to bed to it every single night, and mm. it's just gorgeous it's lo-fi it's beautiful the songs shine through the somewhat like home recording sound and i just adore that film and that that soundtrack uh would you consider up to be a score or a soundtrack because they obviously wrote the music for the movie but it's not there's not really any lyrics in those songs i would consider that a score you think think. so what do you think michael i think it won best score score. (laughs) I'm pretty oh, sure it won't best for the Oscars. <laughs> um, I'll skip that one. That was just, that's just a beautiful film anyway. But uh, Almost Famous, the soundtrack in that, if you like classic rock and and like Elton John and stuff, is just incredible. Same with uh, Elizabeth Town. Elizabeth Town has, again, like I said earlier, like an incredible soundtrack with some amazing songs that really set the tone for the film. Uh, 500 Days of Summer is another great one with uh, just an incredible soundtrack. If you haven't listened to it, please go listen to it. Uh, and then last one on my list is Runaway Bride. I love Richard Gere, and I'm a fool for, um, I just forgot her name. I'm sorry. Hold on. Uh, Julia Roberts. Hmm. I I love movies that Julia Roberts is in, and as well as Richard Gere. I think they're both great. But that soundtrack is just full of classic songs, hmm. man. It's so feel good. Um, and there's a lot of like U2 hits in there and everything, but U2 like, uh, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. When that song mm-hmm. plays in the film, oh my gosh, dude. Like 
you could not have picked, in my opinion, you could not have picked a more perfect song to encapsulate how this these characters were feeling in that moment. Mm, for sure. Um, and I just love that that soundtrack. Uh, that's my list. So that's what I got. I wanted to in the in the what am I trying to say in the episode in the discussion. Well, seeing as this is the latter half of the episode, latter end of the episode, we're kind of leaning towards our wrap up. I wanted to kind of mirror that with the way I tend to think of soundtracks being like specific songs. Um, do you guys have any um, songs that stick out to you that were in movies that like are the end credit songs or like lead into the credits? Cause I, even as a kid, I remember I would listen to songs and I would imagine a movie to that song. And like the moment that the song would mm. hit like cut to black in the song, like I would just make up scenes in my head based That's off of cool. different songs. Um, but like, do you guys have any, cause it one, uh, I, have you seen the place beyond the pines? Uh, I have not. No, it's really good. So I showed this film to Michael last year. Um, there's a Bonnie Bear song called the wolves that plays at the end of that movie mm. that just that movie I've, I've talked about on the podcast. I think, yeah, that song hits it, it does. And I, after I watched the movie, it was on repeat for a few weeks, but there's that movie has a tone and an atmosphere that I've never seen in any other movie. Um, it feels very real and like it's hard to put into words. It's very, a very particular atmosphere. And that song just kind of captures it mm -hmm. extremely well. And it, it starts right at the end of the movie and then carries into the credits. It's like a six minute song. It's really cool. And it gets to a point, it, it kind of builds up and it's, it really gets messy, I guess you'd call it. Like the, the drums are beating off beat and like, it's kind of just a lot of sounds for a while. And then it comes to a more quiet close. But, um, yeah, that song's amazing. And you really can't even hear a lot of the lyrics because it's so like, um, I don't know, washed out. Like, Sure. Well, that's Justin Vernon. Yeah, um, that's funny. Yeah. A lot, a lot of his, sure. his style um, is, is similar to that. Which I thought so, it was Bon Iver until Michael told me that was Bon Iver. So. Well, it's, it's, question, like, it's a play on, it's a real quick, I'm just a nerd about this. It's He got that from the term uh, Good Winter in French, which is Bon Iver with an H at the beginning of the word. So H-I-V-E-R. So it, technically speaking, it's Eve. I think Bon Iver sounds cooler, personally. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so Eve, whatever. Gotcha. Uh, on to you. Um, the question that Sam just asked us, Brennan, was... Yeah, I got that. What? Uh, I, I'm trying to make sure that I understood. Oh, okay. yeah, sorry. Do you, I thought you were telling me, like, <laughs> hey, um, hey, you just weren't so listening. Yeah. <laughs> you, you didn't listen. Uh, so <laughs> sorry. is there a song that sticks out to you guys that like ended a movie or like yeah. leads into the credits of a movie. Can you think of one? Mine's super easy. Cause it's, it's everything everywhere all at once. The Latin, that Mitski song and David mm -hmm. Byron's mm -hmm. burn song that we talked about earlier. I'm going to listen that, on the way home. It's so good, man. I, again, I, I had it on repeat for like an hour after the movie. And then like the next day I did too. That's the most recent one I can think of. That's good for me. But what about you, Michael? I've got one, but it's not film. It's actually television. Okay. Um, there's a particular, episode of Mr. Robot. I knew you were going to say Mr. Robot. I don't know why. I just knew it. <laughs> I wonder how you knew that. Because uh, you guys like each other and you talk about this stuff a lot. We haven't talked about it's Mr. Like Robot the only TV, It's like the only TV show I've ever heard you bring up. I haven't brought up The That's Leftovers funny. yet. Maybe briefly. 
Okay, well, Mr. Robot, uh, <laughs> they have this this Elliot Smith song. Uh, oh, I love Elliot Smith. Do you Smith. know Everything Means Nothing to Me? Yes. I've heard it before. I can't recall the time I had, but I know I've heard it before. So it first starts off, uh, and it's just him and the piano. Oh, uh, and, I can hear it already. Yeah. So it's a, it's a short song. I think it's only like two and a half minutes. And mm-hmm. they play the whole song for the final sequence of this episode. And there's uh, you're following the the sister. Uh, so Mr. Robot is is her brother, or the character is her brother. And there's a lot of like uncertainty about what's going to happen next. And mm-hmm. she um, at like the song is playing. She's like kind of doing some stuff. She goes to his apartment and um, lets herself in and leaves this photo, a Polaroid on the shelf. And like, as she leaves it and as it comes into focus, um, that's when it like, it drops and then the, the drums kick in and like, it's just, oof. Mm. I just love Elliot Smith too, man. That song so played good. on repeat a long time. <laughs> What's it called again? You said everything means nothing to me. I'm gonna listen to that. Uh, oh, similarly, actually, I'm glad I just thought of one. The end of Goodwill Hunting. There's an Elliott Smith song, Miss Misery. There's an I think he originally released it as an acoustic version, but there's a full band version they did just for the film. Mm-hmm. That is just killer, man. So when you watch Goodwill Hunting, that last song uh is just like Amazing, dude. I'm not, yeah, I don't want to spoil it for you. I hate building things up. And then when he's like, I hated that last song. <laughs> <laughs> That's my least favorite song I've ever heard. Elliot Smith is awful. <laughs> um, it's cool. Uh, Why I do, does his hair look like that? <laughs> I uh, I do also want to, I'll, I'll take any chance to shout out Zodiac because I think it's a very underwatched movie, but it's a masterpiece. Um, there's a song, takes place in the 60s and 70s, and it's about the Zodiac killer. Um, and at the end of the movie, I think it plays earlier in the movie over like a murder scene. Um, it's called Hurdy Gurdy Man by um, Donovan. It's like a 70s artist. And then um, it plays again at the very end and then over the end credits. And it's just like, it's just like a kind of chill 70s rock song. There's a guitar solo at one point, but like, it's just, there's something, it's called Hurdy Gurdy Man, so it's kind of like a, it feels like a boogeyman type thing. Interesting. And it's it's slightly creepy in the context of the Zodiac Killer, mm-hmm. but it just fits the movie so well. It's, I, it's I love incredible. a good guitar solo, so. Yeah. <laughs> Zodiac Killer. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. <laughs> All right, boys. That wraps it up, y'all. Man. Is that? I thoroughly enjoyed this. Is that it? Thanks for having me. Is that all there really is? Is that all there really is? What is that from? Uh, is I don't all, know. Is this all there is? What else ought there to be? Is that That's Harry Potter? Beautiful. Deathly no. Hallows? I'm no. wearing a Deathly no. It's uh, The Green Knight. Oh, that's right. I think I still Deathly haven't Hallows seen that. I should watch that soon. Come Michael, over. We'll watch it with okay. you. <laughs> cool. We'll <do> I will. <laughs> um, all right. Any clo- Anything? Any of the announcements? Uh, let's mention again the, the event, just okay, to yeah. remind people. So, uh, May 18th. Missed this at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, so May 18th at the Mississippi Museum of Art. Um, I can't remember when the actual event starts. There will be food trucks at some point after like five, and then the movie starts at sundown. So that's going to be dude. like after that's eight. That's going to be awesome. Cool. Uh, well, this want- is uh, to. Oh, I want to give Brennan a chance to yeah. to shout out all his things. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, sure. But Sam, do you have any 
last words I for w- Brennan? I was just leading into giving Brennan. I mean, we got one more episode coming, which is Brennan's top 20. It's The spotlight's all on him, but I know Michael and I want to give him a huge, huge thanks for just being a good guy and for tracking our podcast for us and letting yeah. us I love how up Sam's totally avoiding eye contact as he's saying nice <laughs> things about me. He's just he's like, like uh, I guess we'll thank you for doing this. He's a good guy. Side. I guess we'll see him again at some point. He's moving away. Yeah. I love doing it, man. I really do. And I hope that if when you guys need help with the podcast in the future that you just like send me stuff like, Hey, can you help us fix this? And I'll help you out still, you know, this isn't like the end of us knowing each other, obviously right. that's, that's far from the truth. And it's hopefully not the end of me helping you guys with the podcast either. Um, and you, you guys both know that I'll, I'll help you figure out how to record stuff on your own and everything too, you know, and make it sound as good as this does. If people think this sounds good. <laughs> Which it does. Yeah. Well, we're saying all this to say, if you're in Nashville and somehow listening to this podcast and you're wondering whether or not you should be working with Brennan White or hire <laughs> Brennan White, you do it. You, you definitely should. need to. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, should we do social media links real quick? Yeah. yeah. yeah plug so, everything that you have. Jackson Film Club. It's right. At Jackson Film Club on Instagram. Is that right? Mm-hmm. We're on Instagram. And then uh, we've got uh, Club. <laughs> That's our website. Right now, there's just a, an email sign up. One day, there might be a real thing. but I know a guy if you want to hook up, by the way, for like developing websites. Well, you do that too, don't so, you? I think Mike Sorry, I forget that you're really well, I'm not good a, at that like, stuff. I'm not a graphic designer or anything. Oh, okay. It's a... Um, that, that to me, that's, is half the battle. I'm not very good at yeah, it. That, it, it I, I can make the things all fit into a box, right? but you I have know, to tell me what that box is supposed to look a, like. I have a couple of friends, Gina Smith. She's really great. And my buddy, Pete Ferris is also amazing. Both yeah. you can't go wrong with either of them. Um, and then my stuff, uh, I have a website for the studio that we record all these at called the Fairview sound at uh, actually, just thefairysound.com, mm-hmm. um, which is just my small studio that I, I run in, in Jackson and soon to be in Nashville, hopefully, uh, once we find a place that, that makes sense to to reopen it and everything. Um, but I'll just be doing like session work, I'm sure, for, until then. Uh, and then all my social media stuff is at Codetta South, like I said earlier, a uh, at C-O-D-E-T-T-A South for all my personal music, if you're interested in that. And then... Uh, the Fairview Sound at the Fairview Sound, and then uh, I have a personal photography page that we kind of talked about in my top twenty. Yeah. That's at this is Brennan White. It's that's just where I post. That's just a fun one. That's all that is. You know. I would recommend um, great pictures. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Cool stories, also. Oh, thanks, captions. dudes. Yeah, um, Brennan. You know interesting people, and I think that uh, it comes through a lot in your film photography. Thanks, buddy. I just got into it because I just needed a new hobby that wasn't music related. Yeah, and that I didn't monetize, mm. you know, cause I monetize everything else in my life and it very quickly can suck the joy out of it. Well, I mean, it's appropriate enough. I guess you can be part of the Jackson film club. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I meant to make that joke on these podcasts. Man. I was going to open up with a cold open, like, Hey, you know, Michael, I got into to film photography recently. And Michael would be like, yeah, I saw it. It's really cool. I'm like, yeah. And I want to start a group of people that kind of get together in Jackson and like take photography together. So can I run a couple of names by you? And Michael would be like, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> you don't sound like that, but in my head, you're this character. And then I go, yeah, the first one would be the Jackson film club. <laughs> um, and then like, the, cease and desist. <laughs> and that's where the podcast ends is the first 30 seconds. That'd be really funny. We hear like the dial tone. Well, I think you have to have like, 60 minutes on the, the runtime, right? So the rest is just silence. But yeah, right. the podcast ends <laughs> yeah. there. It's like, this, uh, that's it. <laughs> a fist fight breaks out. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And it's been an, it, it is a joy knowing you guys and hanging out with you guys and being friends with you, y'all. We will uh, miss you. I know. I'm going to miss you guys too. Um, Michael said he was going to cry, but I see no tears. This is a shame. Well, what a sham. You're still here for a little bit. Michael's still here. <laughs> the, we'll be hanging out before I move, obviously. But. A, I mean, I will say, uh, saw Empty Atlas, which is a band that you're oh, in. Oh, yeah. Uh, Y'all played Saturday and you opened for Carver Commodore. It was a fun and, show. Um, I've already told Brennan this story, so I'll, I'll, I guess I'll tell Sam. Uh, but it, uh, th- there's a, a, a reel that I posted on Instagram of Brennan and Micah uh, kind of playing at, e- at each other. Uh, they're just vibing. Yeah, they're just doing the thing that guitarists do. I was and, probably telling him dirty jokes while playing guitar to make him laugh and smile on stage, but <laughs> or something like that. Uh, I got Micah had said something earlier that day, and that came to my mind. And then I, th- I was looking at Brennan, and I thought about him leaving. And all of a sudden, I just had Did like you start crying at the show. Yeah, I had like tears streaming down oh, my face. No. I'm in the Man. in the front, like in front of the stage. Yeah, and, and so, it's just like, are we that bad? <laughs> <laughs> sure, hope not. <laughs> well, uh, I figured I was like. I mean, everybody that's around here, like no, nobody cares right now. Like I, I, don't, I don't need to be ashamed of, of crying in public, but it's like nobody, nobody's even paying attention anyway. And then uh, Gina Smith happens to like look over and she says something to me and I just look at her with tears in my face. I'm just like, yeah. And then I turn back and ignored. Man, <laughs> I, last note I'll say is that's something that um, Michael and I got dinner before this, just hanging out for a little bit. Um. And we were talking about this book that I read recently. And one of the things it talks about is understanding your self-worth and your value and everything. Mm-hmm. Something that I've never really been good at having because a lot of my best friends growing up were also my biggest bullies. But the one thing that they did not bully me about was that I was talented at music. So I started to associate that with my self-worth and my value. And so this whole move, like I had to, when I told all my students that I was moving and how a lot of my guitar, because I teach guitar and I've been for like nine years and I have a lot of students that are I'm really close to and some of them started crying and I was like, oh, people, this is going to be hard for other people too. It's not just me that's it, it's hard for. And then I had, I had to come to the realization that, oh, I actually add something to people's lives that I'm friends with, as does everybody. And it sucks that I'm just not realizing that because of my skewed relationship with myself over the past like 27 years of being alive. Mm. You know, there's a. I'm glad I have it though now. I'd rather yeah. have it now than not have it at all or have it in Nashville and, and have missed the opportunity to recognize that I'm, you know, that having friendships like this, like with you guys, is so important, you know. Well, there, there's something to that where there's like, you know, you, you realize a little too late. That you're you were in the golden days. Um, okay, office. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Andy. All right, Andy. <laughs> All right. I wish I had a song to play right now. I was about to say, I wish we could pull out a really cool <laughs> the, the least appropriate song. Oh, hold on. Let me close out with this guy. I got it still up. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Jackson Film Club, the podcast. I'm Brennan White. That's Sam Grafe. And this is Michael Lamb. We out. Peace out. Hey there, Michael Lamb here. In this episode, we announced our May event taking place at the Museum of Art. 
I've added this message to provide the correct date, which is Thursday, May 19th. Again, the correct date for this event announced in this episode is Thursday, May 19th. We apologize for any confusion, and we hope to see you there.